Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shaporst with me, Vinny Tadaro. So uh, Cowboys uh, winning streak is snapped with a 40-34 overtime loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, dropping us to 10-4. and We did, however, clinch a playoff spot, uh, but yeah, a surprising game to me at least. Vinny predicted we would lose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I thought we would win, but uh, and for a good portion of the game it looked like we would, but uh, a lot to talk about with that one, and especially our next week matchup um, with Eagles on the horizon. But as always, we'll start off with a trivia question, and this week it is my turn to ask the question. Uh, so... This cornerback was drafted by the Cowboys out of Boise State. My first clue to you. Orlando Skandrick? Yep. <laughs> Thought that might be a little, little easy. But I, I'm getting uh, a little bit of Orlando Skandrick vibes out of uh, Deron Bland. Not, not the same necessarily... Skill set. I think Skandrick was a little faster, and, and Bland might be the better cover guy. But both fifth round guys that contributed right away. Um, anyways, yeah, let's we'll jump right into it. So the Cowboys uh, lose, kind of similar to their their loss to the Packers. They were up double digits in this in this game, up three scores. In the Packers game, it was two scores, fourteen. Uh, this game, it was 17 at one point, and then pretty quickly, it was just about all the way gone, and, you know, we had multiple chances even after we had blown the lead to to uh, to win it in, in both regulation and then, of course, in overtime, and did not happen, so... Um, I've got a, a couple strong opinions on this, but I'll let you uh, start, Vinny. What were your biggest takeaways from this game? Um, that uh, a lot of what was predicted on this podcast <laughs> is coming home, unfortunately. Uh, for one thing, um, and I don't know how to say this because I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but I was, you as you remember I was opposed to re-signing Dak Prescott. He's never been anything more than a uh, good quarterback um, and he's really proving that this year. His interceptions yeah. are just horrible. Uh, he just can't do it. You don't have to you, you, can't, you can't make bad decisions you can't make bad throws, you can't force things, especially in an offense like this, which can do things without you know, just trying to wiggle, you know, when you're a bad team, then it's easier to say, let's take some chances. But when you're the Cowboys, and, you know, especially when you're sitting atop a lead, you can't throw an interception. You just yeah. can't do it. You certainly can't do it in overtime. Yeah. Um, but his interceptions this year have been atrocious. And um, he's, he's just not... Right, you know, he's not the quarterback that we need. He's not a winning. He's never won anything. Yeah. Okay. And you know he he's put up some nice numbers, 
but the bottom line is he's never won anything. And um, there are a number of problems with him, and the most glaring right now is the um, are the interceptions. Uh, it's just the, it's the easiest way to lose a football game. Uh, it lost, the, you know, it um, helped us lose the football game. I don't want to say I don't think he was the main factor. I think the defense yeah. was more egregious than he was. And I know that in overtime the ball went off Noah Brown's hands. I haven't seen the play close enough to know if it was really a, you know how catchable the ball was. I don't know if Noah Brown really screwed it up or if the pass was a little bit off. Sometimes Dak is a little bit off with his passes. Um, but, uh, you know, and then the other thing, two other things about Dak Prescott that bother me is one, I don't know why he went along with that play call when they had, when it was third down and they were running the ball effectively. And if they killed some more time off the clock, it would have caused the Jags to use a timeout. Instead, they go vertical. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why. I mean, even if that play, play was called in. I don't know why he went along with it. I'm sure he's got the power of veto, of saying, hey, I'm not comfortable at all with this. You're asking me to make a throw here, and I'm not comfortable. I'm going to – I'm gonna you, give me something else. Yeah. He, he must have that power, especially considering all the money he's making. So he's not a bright quarterback, all right? That's the other problem I have with him. I've never thought he was smart. I've never seen him show any leadership. Um, and the other thing is he's, he's, he's gone back – trying to be Earl Campbell again and he's going to get hurt he, he's I mean he's never stopped doing that that's the thing he's like well, I like maybe for a one... while he wasn't you know he really wasn't running the ball that much and right. I thought he was that... sliding you know I saw him slide a couple times but yeah. he can't do that he just can't right. do that yeah you can't when you're a quarterback you are the most precious commodity on the football field you cannot risk injury especially against against a team that you're doing well against. It's not right. – it's a Super Bowl, I could see it. Right. In a championship game, I could see it. But it's the lowly Jaguars. You're yep. playing well. What the hell are you thinking? Going in there like you're Earl Campbell. You're not Earl Campbell, and you've been hurt before. Right. I thought he learned a lesson. He didn't. No. Okay, he's a dummy. Definitely not. Dak Prescott is the dumbest quarterback in the NFL. He's the most overrated quarterback in the NFL and there are half a dozen other guys we could have had who would have been just as good or better for a lot less money I think his hit next year is 50 million yeah 50 million dollars on a capital be about 220 okay yeah. that's a problem that means we can't keep Tyron Smith I'm probably not Ezekiel Elliott if we're going to do any kind of shopping at all in free agency and main you know and keep some of the we have a lot of unrestricted free agents a number yeah. of whom I would like to keep yeah. Um, and you know, I, I just those are the three problems. He's he throws in, he's throwing interceptions, which is new for him. Doesn't didn't used to be a big problem with him. Um, I don't know why he doesn't he doesn't use his brain. Okay, I don't know why he went along with that call. It was a disaster. And then he he's asking to be to wind up in the trainer's room, and then we're stuck with Cooper Rush. And Cooper Rush, yeah. you know, he's not going to pull. A rabbit out of a hat again. He's not going to go four and one ever again in his career. No, nobody wants to see him under center for the. Even though I don't, I'm not a big Dak Prescott fan. I don't want to see Cooper Rush in there instead. Yeah, Dak's unquestionably better than than Cooper Rush. But right. but no, I mean you're to me the the big takeaways of this game and and yeah, I thought Dak actually had a quite a good game like besides the two clear great games this year against Chicago and, and Minnesota I thought it was his best game overall 
Um, the, you know, the first interception was definitely on him. The the one to end the game, it wasn't a perfect pass, but then again, if you look at the play where Noah Brown was heading, I think Dak intentionally threw it a little low so that he wasn't going to get his head cu- cut off. Yeah. And it, it hit, I mean, no, it wasn't picture perfect, but it was it hit him in the chest. Like, that. that's much more on Noah Brown than Dak. But, you know, regardless of that, you, you look at, you know, the, the PFF, ha- PFF has this uh, turnover-worthy metric, and they didn't give Dak a turnover-worthy play on that interception, but over the course of the year, he's, he still has more turnover-worthy passes than actual interceptions. So it, it, there's the trade-off. Like, he had the Colts game where I think he had three turnover-worthy throws and only one interception. Um, you're seeing the limitations of Dak Prescott this year. You're yeah. seeing, and and it was glaringly obvious in this game. I don't know if That's I've really why we needed to keep Amari Cooper. Exactly, like he clearly doesn't trust Michael Gallup, and I'm a big Michael Gallup fan, but I don't trust blame Gallup, him. Michael Gallup, or you don't think Michael Gallup's getting open? Because Michael Gallup has I, been it could be bad. It could be. It's a combination of both. I think like he he two games ago was trying Michael Gallup on Stefan Gilmore and it looked terrible. It, it looked like my, Stephon Gilmore was running the route on the interception. So he clearly trusts Noah Brown more than he does Michael Gallup. And Noah Brown's just not a number two receiver. I, I respect at this point. Probably, but it reminds me of Patrick Creighton playing the number two receiving receiver well, across Terrell Owens in 2007. I, I like him a little bit more than that. Eh, I, to me, it's it's about the same. Like, or if Cedric Wilson was, like, they're guys that you would like as a number three receiver, uh, you'd love as a number four, but as a number two, you just, and, and yeah, that third and ten well, play. That, oh, 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 let me clarify myself. I yeah. think he's a number two on this team. I, I would rather have somebody else in there as number two. Yeah. If I had my druthers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now maybe T.Y. Hilton or Odell Beckham can come and get that job. I'm talking about what they have right now. He's the number two. No, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, based on what I've seen so far, maybe Michael Gallup comes along with the injury. I, I don't know. But he's clearly so. not the player he was, you know, before the no. injury yet. We have to fold our hands about Terrence Steele because Terrence Steele developed into a hell of a player, and I hope he's okay. Yeah. I hope he doesn't get the Eric Williams thing where he's never the same after the injury. Well, although I think yeah, Eric Williams right. had injuries too throughout his body. Yeah. But, but I mean, the, the clear weaknesses of this game were the number two receiver being Noah Brown, and, and in high-leverage situations, he dropped the pass that resulted in a pick six, and on third and ten, Dak was throwing him a jump. And, and beyond the fact that it was a dumb play call and we should have chosen something that was more, you know, that had a chance to convert the first down, because when we got the first down, the game was over. I get the yeah. aggressiveness, but it's third and ten. It's not third and 25. We had three receivers running routes, and they're all running 30 yards downfield. Like, what are you thinking? And, right. and the fact that he's targeting Noah it, Brown it reminded me. It reminded me of the game, the playoff game against Green Bay, when it was fourth down and sh- it wasn't that far to go, and they threw that ah, to really Brian. deep pass to Dez. Yeah, 
Yeah, but, but at least but in that case, you can make a better argument. <laughs> right, right, because it's Des Bryant on whoever the fuck cornerback. This is Noah Brown. Like, yeah, yeah. I, so, yeah, those two higher leverage situations, you know, that you could argue cost us the game if we had right. converted on third and ten. Not that you know, again, not that it was a good play call at all, but. The Jaguars clearly, because CeeDee Lamb was having a good game, they clearly made a conscious decision, okay, he's not going to beat us. We're going to leave everyone man-to-man, double CeeDee Lamb, and make them beat us with someone else. And any smart team is going to do that moving forward. Like, I'm fully expecting if we line CeeDee Lamb up in the slot— where he's going to go against the Eagles' weakest corner, but they're going to double him with one of the safeties and leave Bradbury and Slay one-on-one, and I don't see Gallup or Noah Brown getting open on either of those guys. Jumping ahead a little bit to the matchup, but the two other things that struck me, O-line did not have a very good game, and again, that's another thing of, and you can't really fault the, the, you know, the team and and the front office because a lot of this has been injury but Dak Prescott definitely is affected by a weaker O-line this has been probably his weakest O-line of his career and it has definitely definitely affected him um he was under pressure I think 41 percent of the time in this game which is the second most of of the season and and you know both of his interceptions were on turn were on uh, pressure dropbacks. He was very good. I think he was 18 out of 20 when there was no pressure. But he had the two interceptions. The first one was clearly the result of pressure. The the one for the game ending interception. He was kind of throwing off balance, but he ultimately got the ball where it needed to be. And, and he's getting a lot of flack for that. And and. I think he deserves some flack overall, and, and you can talk about it in the, you know, from the standpoint of he's he's not a good enough quarterback to elevate clear deficiencies, and we're seeing that in his worst season. But trying to make it into him, he lost this game by himself. I think that's incorrect. Um, the the defense, and I think I said this in our preview of the game. I thought if our pass rush got home, we were going to roll over the Jaguars. And we actually got a decent amount of pressure. Um, at least according to PFF, we were, we were pressuring Lawrence 44% of the time. But we only got him on the ground, I think, once. And he, I mean, he, he diced us up. He, he made Kelvin Joseph look like Kelvin Joseph, the guy who, I mean... Honestly, the the pass rush was a huge. It was a disappointment. Even though we did get pressure, it was pretty much all Micah Parsons getting the pressure. Um, we haven't had a secondary threat to rush the passer since early in the season. I think that's one of the reasons for a little bit of regression on the defense. Is earlier we had Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong, Demarcus Lawrence. Odigi Zua, Sam Williams, all getting pressure in this game and last week. I mean, last week, no one got pressure because Laramie Tunsil locked up Mike Parsons. 
in this game, Parsons had like 12 pressures himself, but really no one else did a good job. And and Lawrence had, you know, had time to throw and, and just really targeted our weaknesses and and took advantage. Um, I, I, this game reminded me a little bit of the, uh, I think it was 2019 Thanksgiving game when we played the Buffalo Bills. And at the time, Dak Prescott was a better quarterback, had had a better career than Josh Allen. But Josh Allen played pretty flawless in that game. And, you know, I didn't see it at the time, but ultimately that was like Josh Allen's road toward passing Dak, surpassing Dak Prescott. This one, it seemed pretty obvious. Trevor Lawrence with a... I think he's got a better play caller and better coaching, but he's got a worse supporting cast, I would say, than Dak Prescott. And and I think he is, if not already, he is on the the way to surpassing Dak as a as a quarterback. Um, I, I was very impressed with with, uh, with him, and and I'll give the Jaguars credit. Like they're you know they're viewed as the lowly Jaguars. They've been bad for a while, but. You know, they've beaten some good teams, and I think there's a good chance they'll end up winning their division. This was a much more significant game for them and their playoff lives than it was for us. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, credit them, but we we should have won the game. And, you know, there, there's, a, there's a couple things that I think would help our defense, but ultimately... It's just gonna. It's gonna come down to the pass rush, and can we? If we get in a situation like that, can we play like we did earlier in the season, or are we just gonna be Micah Parsons and a bunch of and a bunch of scrubs? Um, because our secondary is clearly weaker with Anthony Brown, Kelvin Joseph. I'm very happy to say got benched in the game because he was getting torched. Um, and Nashawn Wright played maybe a little better, but not much. I, I would very, very much consider starting one of these Clemson corners, Mackenzie Alexander or uh, Trayvon Mullins, in the next game because we got to try something. Otherwise, every team we play is going to just target that one corner. Dron Bland looks competent. At least, and Trayvon Diggs is is solid, but that that other outside corner is a huge Achilles heel right now. Um, Leighton Vanderesh got hurt, so they were just stretching us with outside runs all game, and, and our linebackers aren't athletic without Leighton Vanderesh. So I would I don't know why we haven't done this already, but I would definitely give Jabril Cox some playing time because by all counts in college and maybe maybe he's a complete bum I don't know but at this point is he gonna be that much worse than Anthony Barr or Damon Clark I don't know um but yeah this is you know disappointing loss um but you know I, I don't think it changes my view of the team that dramatically you know i i wrote going in or you know right before the game that 
I thought we should win, but it wouldn't surprise me if we lost. And, and I still think, you know, there's, uh, you know, it's the Eagles, the 49ers, and, and after that, I think we have a good chance at, at any other team in the NFC, but we're clearly not the, you know, we're, we're, I, I clearly don't see us going far in the playoffs this year. Maybe past round one, but uh, I can't Watch see a path TV. further than that. Watch the TV. But, um, yeah, um, we're playing well, the Eagles. I'll tell you, I mean, the biggest, yeah. the, the, the biggest problem in the game was the defense. The yeah. defense yeah. was was terrible. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is getting back to a couple other things that, um, uh, you know, I, uh, we had discussed uh, going back quite some time now. Um, I always disliked the Kelvin Joseph pick. I had yeah. no idea why they pick him. Uh, I mean, I, Nashon Wright was an even bigger reach, but right. Kelvin Joseph was a, was a real reach. He had such a limited college career, troublemaker, I have no idea why they selected him in the second round. I've never liked the pick. In fact, for a long time, I wouldn't even refer to him by name. I'd say the second round corner. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we see what's going on with him now. This is his second year in the league. He should not still be this bad. If it's his first year, I'd say, okay, growing pains. Right. But maybe he'll, hopefully he'll be a late bloomer and he'll pick up the hang of this. But right now, he is bad. Yeah. And we had nobody besides him because we got like Nation Wright and then a few other guys that we picked up off the street. Right. Um, and the other thing is, you know, Leighton Vanderesh getting hurt again, um, that's not a surprise. I mean, the no. guy is just prone to injury. He has been um, sure. almost every year uh, prone to injury. He doesn't really I – was, I was saying during the offseason that we needed to go out and get a – um, a better middle linebacker, and we didn't. We stuck with Van Der Esch, and he has played better this year. But here he is hurt again, and at a very pivotal, very, very pivotal time for us. Because, yeah. um, because you know, we can talk about okay, well, we're in the playoffs, and chances are we're not going to, you know, we're not going to knock off the Eagles um, for the top perch in the NFC East, um, and we're probably aren't going to change our number five seed, but you want momentum going into the playoffs. Right. And so, you know, to be without the guy who's been your best performing linebacker this year, I'm counting Micah Parsons as edge rusher right now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's definitely been better than Anthony Barr, and yeah. I, he's ranked like number 25. Um, I think that's probably a little high, but I admit that this has been his – He's been he's been pretty decent this year, but yeah. he's not the guy. I mean, they should have gone out and they, you know they didn't spend much on Van Der Esch. They could have gotten somebody else and kept Van Der Esch. Um, they still have all this money under the salary cap. Um, and I, you know, that was one of my points of season. I said they they need to find a middle linebacker because they're not going to be they should not be playing Micah Parsons there. And they right. they kept Van Der Esch, whose whose body really isn't made is isn't. Like Sean Lee is really not cut out for the, the rigors of pro football, and we lost. You know, losing him yesterday, I, did, I do believe hurt us. And if yeah. we're without him for, we're going to be without him for, you know, probably one or two games. I know it's not yeah. that bad. Thank God it's yeah. not his neck, but right. it's yet another injury for Mr. Vanderesh. And uh, we are down now. I mean, we 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 really miss Anthony Brown. Uh, we probably underrated him. Jordan Lewis. He's a good, very good slot guy, but Deron Bland, give him credit. He's done a really yeah. good job. 
Um, and Jonathan Hankins, I think that hurt our run defense yesterday. We yeah. didn't have Jonathan Hankins in there. He's out for the rest of the regular season. So yeah. part of it's, you know, bad luck and not having the depth. But these were, th- you know, things that were, you know, foreseeable. We've talked about, never, yeah. He should have kept Calvin Joseph as like a practice squad guy. Right, yeah. Or not you know, drafted him in the first place. We could have had... Um, What's the guy that he ended up going to the to the Lions? Big, big old fat Alim McNeil. Alim McNeil. We could have had him instead of uh, Kelvin Joseph, and, and he would have uh, he would have really helped our interior D line. He's I, I don't know how he's done. I know he had one big game I think against the Giants, but um, I mean he couldn't be worse than the guys we have right now. Um, so we're playing, obviously, the, the big matchup, the matchup of the, uh, of the year. We're playing the Eagles in Dallas on Christmas Eve, and I don't know if you saw this, there's reports that Jalen Hurts may not play, right. um, which is interesting. Um, I, I honestly don't know if there's a big passing drop-off between him and Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew's been in the offense for a while. He played really well the one game he played. He started for Hurts last year. The big change is he's not a running quarterback, and without that, I think that'll weaken the Eagles' running game a, a decent amount, although they, they still—I mean, they've got— probably the best offensive line in football. And regardless of the threat of Jalen Hurts, I think they're going to be able to run the ball on us up the middle. Um, the J- the Jags really didn't. Like, our, our interior run defense wasn't... I, I feel like they just didn't do it that often, even try. Um, they were just running on the edges on us all game, and they killed yeah. us. It, it, that, I think they yeah, had that's like, the defensive ends. Defensive ends and the linebackers just yeah. not being athletic enough to chase the guys down. So I I don't know I I don't know how the Eagles are going to attack us, but I mean any way the Jag- they want to. Yeah, that, that's my thing. Like the Jaguars O line, and and I should have looked more into this before the game. They're actually they've graded fairly decently in pass protection. I think they have the ninth overall. PFF pass blocking grade, but they're terrible against the run. Like every single one of their players is dramatically worse against the run or at blocking for the run than for the pass. And yet they average like seven yards against us. And with you know Travis Etienne, the Eagles, better running back, better O line. Like I don't see how we hold up against that unless we're. I, I do think there is an element. I, I thought this both. In the Vikings game, in, in our favor, and I felt this kind of the last two weeks where if if a team comes in and just isn't all the way mentally there and, and kind of at their best, they tend to get gutted in the—it it tends to be the trenches where that shows up, and, and maybe I, I'm hoping that we— are, are, have just been looking ahead to the Eagles, and we just really come out physical and at least put up a fight in the trenches. Like, just don't get blown off the ball, completely dominated. 
I think we'll have a chance if we can do that, especially if Jalen Hurts isn't playing. But, um, yeah, even even if he's not, and I don't think it's a for sure thing, but even if he's not playing, I I would guess we, we are not going to win the game. Um, that, that was my, I think, pre well, preseason I probably thought we would win the one at home, lose in Philly. But um, at this point, I just can't. I don't trust our D-line to get any pressure. And, and, you know, barring one of these other cornerbacks that we signed off the streets being a competent player, Anthony Brown level at least, I don't see how we hold up. Even if we have Trayvon Diggs, Shadow, A.J. Brown, I, I think he can do an all right job containing A.J. Brown, but then you got Devontae Smith, who's going to cover him. Um, And and on the other side of the ball, you've got probably the best two cover corners in Darius Slay and and James Bradbury. And again, if you put CeeDee Lamb in the slot, you get a better matchup, but then they can double him with with their their safety um, or or another corner. It's just, and then you rely on Gallup, Noah Brown against these really good cornerbacks. I, I think the only chance we have on offense is just really running, running, running the ball, running with Dak, have him slide. But, you know, the well, one I will say on, on Dak, one of the two plays I was really critical of him on, besides the first interception, which is definitely his fault, we had a third and one play at the end of the half, we were, there's like a minute 30 left. We had third and one. First of all, in retrospect, probably not a smart play call by Kellen Moore. We, we should have just quarterback sneaked it or, or run up the middle with Zeke as a fullback or something like that. Instead, we tried a option with Dak running the option with Tony Pollard. And it, it would have worked. It, it was, you know, yeah, a little bit risky, but it should have worked. But Dak pitched it to Pollard when the linebacker was going straight towards Pollard and it ended up being a loss of six. If Dak had faked that and then run it, he probably would have gained a good chunk of yards because the the O-line sealed that off very well. It's just Dak, you know, it was two on one and the one got, got us because Dak made the wrong decision. So regardless... Getting Dak involved in the running game a little bit. We did have one QB run, the one you're talking about, where he tried to truck people. I mean, that worked. It it works just about every time we try it. If he doesn't run, then that's, you know, we risk injury. But if he runs, it's going to work. And that's still by far the most effective way to beat Philly's defense is running the ball that, that was the only reason we came back at all and made it kind of a game, the first matchup. That's going to be the key in this one. Um, and I I was screaming this throughout the game, like when, whenever there's a critical situation, get, make, make sure Tony Pollard's the guy getting it. Like you can go to Pollard and then transition to Ezekiel Elliott. And Zeke, he did that this again, it again this game where – he plays better when Tony Pollard starts the drive. It's like he's he's been shunned, and, and he's like, all right, now I'm going to really go for it. That, that's what he did in the Eagles game. 
but it always works better off than when you start the game with Zeke or start critical drives, important drives with Zeke. Right. So, you know, that that all said, I'm I think I'm still going to pick the Eagles to win as sad as it's as much as I don't want them to because I I'll have to keep my Facebook background with an Eagles insignia. I'm going to say oh Eagles win it 28 to 24. Um, no, I think the Eagles are going to win 44 to 21. Um, I think the Eagles are considerably better than we are, especially with our injuries. Uh, I don't think it matters. I think, uh, Garden Minshew can, uh, can eat us up. Um, and Jalen Hurts can eat us up even more. And I was, I've seen, uh, enough from the Cowboys this year to know that there is this reason was, this game was reason to get, um, even more, uh, wary of this Dallas Cow- edition of the Dallas Cowboys uh, because this is a game where they should have won it, first yeah. of all. And second of all, they, uh, even though they overrate their talent, they still should have won this game. And second of all, um, you know, they, they had a big lead and then they yeah. just kind of went to sleep on it. And uh, that we've seen that, that they're, not, they're not capable of playing four quarters of football. Yeah. Okay, uh, it's did, always did it like once you know it's, this game, this year. Yeah, the it, there hasn't been one except maybe against Minnesota. Yeah, um, where they've played four good quarters of football. Um, they don't have the focus, the dedication, um, or or the um, humility or the, um, the talent. I think to really play four quarters of football uh, against most teams. Um, I think they have the especially talent, against but... good teams especially against good teams. So I think, yeah. yeah, all sorts of red flags are flying about these Dallas Cowboys. They'll be one and out in the playoffs like they, you know, usually are. Um, so, no, I, I think you should put a fork in them. Yeah. I, I think as bad as we've been the last couple weeks and as inconsistent as we've been, I, I do think we could beat Tampa Bay because they've been pretty atrocious as well. But I don't see us winning past that because we're probably going to face I mean almost certainly it'll be okay I I could the best case scenario I could realistically see is is we play Tampa we beat them we play Minnesota the second round that's only going to happen if if one of the six or seven seeds wins in round one and if we play the Vikings round two, but but the problem is the Vikings probably aren't going to win. The the Vikings are the team that'll probably lose to the six or seven seed. So then we play the Niners and we would lose. Like the only the teams that we're almost certainly going to lose to are the Eagles and the 49ers. And, and any other team I could and I could see us beating those teams. Like we have the talent. Just about every year we have the talent to beat the Super Bowl winning team, we just don't because of all the things we mention every podcast. It's just, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I could see us being the, the Bucks. I could also see us losing though. Like no matter how bad they are, it's still Brady. He has literally never lost to us and yeah. it wouldn't shock me at all if as bad as they've played throughout the year if he turns it on and, and manages to beat us. Um, 
But I'll say this. I, I think if we, even though it's not going to actually matter for seating or, or the standings, if we can beat Philadelphia or even, I, I think this only matters if Jalen Hurts plays. It, even if Jalen Hurts plays and we at least make it a really close game and lose, I think that will give us a little bit of momentum going into the playoffs. Like, I, I think about the... Because the Eagles are really good. There's, there's no no doubt about that. And, and as far as I can think of, they have the clearest path. Even though the Niners are good, they still have a, a nothing quarterback. So the Eagles right now have the clearest path to a Super Bowl appearance that I can ever remember. Um, and if we can just show that we can stay in a game with them, knowing that we'll probably face them in the playoffs if we want to go anywhere, I think that'll be something good. But if we lose 44-21, to 21, especially if Hurts doesn't play, then then the season's for shit. Um, and it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me. I think this team is highly flawed right now because yeah. of its ownership, its, its, its coaches, and its overrating its players and its injuries. You know, they're really hurting. They really miss Anthony Brown. Yeah. They really did not. You know, that Calvin Joseph draft pick was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, I don't think any other team in the league would have taken him in the second round. And uh, they really took a flyer on him. And they've been burned really bad. And I don't know what their options are at this point other than just beg the team to not throw at him. But, you know, teams <laughs> are throwing a lot at Anthony Brown to begin with because Trayvon Diggs is on the other side. Yeah. So, um you know, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a mess. It's a tough predicament. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for this week. But uh, thanks all for tuning in, and we'll be back next week to uh, break down Cowboys Eagles number two. So uh, until then, we'll uh, sign off for this one.